Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. The Old Testament book of Proverbs in Proverbs chapter number 24. Proverbs chapter number 24. We are continuing through our series in Proverbs, just hitting some of these great uh, Proverbs to teach us something. Remember, a proverb is a major truth taught in a concise form. And that being concise is always a big deal in the Bible to put it in a nutshell, to put it in a way that people can take it and think about it and it still be simple but yet profound. The Bible talks about this in the book of Proverbs chapter 24. The book of Proverbs chapter 24, and notice with me if you don't mind in verse number 10. The book of Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 10, the Bible says this, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, Thy strength is small. And if you have the marking things in your Bible, would you mark the entire phrase, the entire proverb here as it works together? If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. It is a declarative statement and yet it is a very true statement. If you don't mind with this, we're going to preach a message, if thou faint in the day of adversity. And let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come to you, we're just asking that you would help us. Help us to understand what adversity is. Help us to understand how small our strength really is and where we can have our strength renewed. We're asking that you would help us now and let this be a great encouragement to help us as we look forward to the greatest days that are still ahead. We love you, Lord. Fill me with your spirit and guide direct in a way that you see fit to be an encouragement and help to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that if thou faint, the word faint is a Bible word of saying quit. You know, we do live in a world of quitters. They could quit everything except addictions, but they quit at everything else. It is very easy to start something. It is very hard to continue. When you start something, what happens is that there's a novelty to it. There's a newness to it. There's an excitement to it. But as you continue on, that it starts to become mundane. It begins to become a chore. It becomes to be a duty. And what happens is that if the excitement's not there, if, the, the, if you're just going on duty, what happens is that you can get to the place where it doesn't take much for you to quit. And there's a lot of people who quit. If thou faint, notice this, when, they fa- if thou faint in the day of adversity. We know that there is adversity. There are things that are against you. This idea of adversity carries the idea of something that opposes. Sometimes it could be your health. I stubbed my toe so I can't go to church today. It could be something where, oh, I got an allergy. I got to blow my nose. I guess I can't read my Bible. You see, adversity is anything that gets in your way. An old preacher by the name of Bob Jones said this, 
that a true measure of a man is not what he accomplishes. A true measure of a man is not what he accomplishes, but rather the true measure of a man is what it takes to stop him. And there's a lot of people, it does not take much to stop a person from moving forward. It doesn't take much for a person to stop, to have a legitimate excuse in their mind to not to do things. My kids were making reference to a song this morning called Excuses. Excuses, excuses, we have them every day. And then it doesn't take much. In the song, it talks about how uh, <clears throat> the whole family has to stay home just to blow a poor kid's nose. Well, my kid's sick, so everyone has to stay home because we got to watch this one kid. Well, that's normal. People do that. But it takes them to stop. Well, I can't read my Bible today because there's a new Facebook post. You know, there's things that get in the way that we allow us to be stopped. What does it take to stop you from reading your Bible? What does it take to stop you from going to church? What does it do to stop you from being faithful to God's house? What does it do to stop you from praying? What does it do to stop you from being enjoying your journey, from being happy? Now notice as it goes on, if thou faint in the day of adversity, notice there's a declarative statement based off this, thy strength is small. Meaning that if it takes something to stop you, if you quit just because there's hard times before you, if you quit because you have an excuse, then you have small strength. That's a true statement. Now, that's uh, very hard to hear sometimes because we like our excuses. But it is a true thing, thy strength is small. Now, this is a powerful verse. Again, the idea of Proverbs is that it is a concise statement that is very, very powerful. There was many times, even this last year, where I felt like quitting. Not ministry, not whatever else, but, you know, just why do I keep doing this? Why do I bother? Am I doing anything? You know, I'm normal just like you are. And God would bring up this verse and say, you know what? Your strength is small. Yes, sir. Thank you. This is why this verse is here. Just start off by having a recognition. When you feel like quitting, when you feel like saying, I'm not going to do it, the Bible says your strength is small. Declarative statement. It is a statement of fact. Your strength is small. Now, with this, this is all introduction. Let's explain a little bit more, and especially the solution. But the first part is understanding this declarative statement is a true thing. When you feel like quitting, your strength is small. If you don't mind, as we kind of walk through the Bible, let's see this. Our adversity is but for a moment. We're going to talk about not quitting. And the first thing we have to realize is our adversity is but for a moment. Our adversity is but for a moment. Notice, if you don't mind, in the book of 2 Corinthians. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 4. Our adversity is but for a moment. You know, a lot of times we will look at our problem and it seems like it's going to last forever. Let's do a cheap example. Let's say that you go to go to the dentist and they got to do some drilling. And it seems like it's going to last forever. But you know, when it's all said and done, it was only for a moment. It was only for a moment. And you can handle anything for a moment. 
You said, I can't handle things forever. I know, but you're not asked to. You're asked to handle things for a moment. For a moment. Notice with me in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And look with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Why? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now there's a lot in here, but one thing we have to realize is that the things that we're facing is but for a moment. And notice there's a reason for it as well. Verse number 15, for all things are for your sake. You may handle that thing for Uh, think that big things in your way and I can't continue, but God has allowed that in your way on purpose. And when you look at it, it's but for a moment. Let's do the cheap illustration again of the dentist. Why is the dentist torturing me? Why do they hate me? So this is going to last forever. But you know, that's actually for your sake. The reason why they're working on it is to try to help you to have healthier teeth. You may not think that at the moment. You may think that you're going through the worst torture ever. And if they just ask you some questions, you'll start answering. But it's only for a moment. It's only for a moment. And it's for your sake. That God knows what he's doing. And he uses outside circumstances. That God is not trying to hurt you. Or not trying to harm you. When I had the privilege of working in the laboratory, part of my job was to stab people for a living. I mean, draw their blood. And when I would look, you know, you'd have people that were scared and we would say, listen, it may hurt, but it won't harm you. It will hurt for a moment, but there's not going to be any permanent damage. God knows that there's some circumstances that may hurt, but it's not there for lasting harm. They're there for a moment and they're there for our sake. They're there to help us. And so with this as we're applying it, that we don't want to quit in the day of adversity. Understanding that it's just for a moment, it's there for our good. Notice it goes on in verse 15. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. So here's this faint not. For this cause we don't quit. Why? Because things are for your glory your benefit. God is allowing things in your life to help you out. So you realize that you don't quit. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now remember the apostle Paul has gone through quite a bit in his life. And the fact, the time of his writing of 2 Corinthians is the darkest period in his life. The Apostle Paul is at the city of Troas and he thinks he's going to die. He has churches that are pretty much on fire, not in a good way, all around him, trash barrel fires. The time that he is writing this, he's at his lowest part. And my personal belief is that he had actually thought about quitting. And God said, nope. 
the Apostle Paul at the time of his writing has um, the churches of Galatia who are thinking about a different doctrine, a different gospel. There are people going in and teaching them that you could lose your salvation. And he's kind of upset about that. He has just left the city of Ephesus where he's been having a Bible institute and a local church started for two and a half years, but they were going to kill him. The whole town was going to kill. They had a big riots and so he had to flee. The church of Corinth has just been a big uh, division and they are telling the apostle Paul that he's not the boss over them. He's not a real, a true apostle anyways. What is he doing telling them what to do? He has sent his son of the faith, Titus, to go to Corinth to try to figure out what's going on and see how they responded to his first letter. And now Paul's in Troas. He's on the verge of dying. Doesn't know his life work is on, is on fire and in flames. When you are in your deathbed right here, would it be easy to quit and say, well, why live your life? And yet... God still used him to see a local church plant it in Troas while he's dying. And in here, I believe that God is also helping the apostle Paul said, listen, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, again, he's sick, he's dying. But yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Even when he feels like he's going to die, even when he feels like every, all the pressure's up here, God is giving him brand new strength. That strength doesn't come from Paul. It's not something he's working himself out. He has learned to get his strength from God. Understanding that the adversity is just for a moment. You say, in fact, notice verse 17, notice how Paul describes it, for our light affliction. The things I described to Paul, does it sound like light affliction? He says, it's light affliction. That's it. Not a big deal. Well, if you look at your life and things going on, not as a big deal, you would get to the place where you wouldn't quit either. It's not a big deal. It's not that big. God's bigger. It's light affliction. It's just there. It's just here for a moment. You say, but what happens if Paul died? Then it would be just for a moment. He'd be more alive than ever before up in heaven. I mean, listen, you're going to threaten me with heaven? Sure, let's do that. I can last for a little bit until God calls me home. Light affliction just for a moment. That's all it is. When you see things from a correct perspective, then those things don't look overwhelming and they don't look daunting. For this reason, he says, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to faint. It's just light affliction. It's just here for a moment. Just here. God's doing it for my glory. God's got a plan for this. He says, for though... Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He says, listen, you want to put this in perspective. The little pressure that God's putting in me is going to come up with big results that are going to last. If you knew, if you knew that a minor injury would see a hundred people get saved, would you willingly take the minor injury? If you knew for you to get some major sickness that you could see a lot of people reach for the gospel and more people be more firmed up in their Christian life, would you be willing to take it? 
That's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, this is for my glory. He's doing this because it could be a benefit to others with the gospel's sake. And when I look at it, that it's just light affliction. It's just for a moment. It has better results. If I can go through some hard time to see more people saved, it's worth it. If I could go through a hard time to encourage others around me that God's still good, God's still right, that's still worth it. My light affliction, just for a moment, not a big deal. God's got a plan. So again, if we're going to not faint in the day of adversity, the first thing we understand is that our adversity is just for a moment. It's just for a moment, just there. God has a plan for it. It's just for a moment. I can handle anything for a moment. I don't have to quit. I just have to hold on for this moment and then this moment and then this moment, but it's just a moment. It's just a small piece of time. Again, all of us have gone through something that we thought would go on forever. And then when we're out of it and look back, it was just for a moment. It wasn't forever. It was just a time in our life. It was just a season, just for a moment. Paul mentioned here that the inward man is renewed day by day. That's the second thing I want to show you is that God will renew our strength. You are not expected to renew your strength. That's a blessing because we run out of gas. God's job is to renew our strength. How does this happen? God will renew our strength. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. God will renew our strength. Isaiah 40. And if you don't mind, in Isaiah 40, look with me starting at verse number 29. Isaiah 40 and verse number 29. Isaiah 40. I love to hear the pages of scripture rustling. Let you see it yourself. And if you've never marked this passage, you want to find this passage because you're going to want to mark it. Isaiah 40, and notice with me in verse 29. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He, this is God, giveth power to the faint. Let's stop right there. That's a good stuff. When we feel like fainting, guess what? God can give us strength. He can give power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 30 is a declarative statement. It's saying that doesn't matter who you are, you're going to get tired. No matter who you are, there are going to be times that you feel like quitting. You could be a young man. Now, when we're talking here, we could do it two ways. First of all, a young man, if you talk to any 20-year-old guy, they're invincible and they're never going to die. They're going to live forever. They could break every bone. It's going to be fine. They could jump off cliffs and say, hey, y'all watch this. Uh, they, they think they're going to live forever. But even they can have days where they feel like quitting. It also speaks about the young man as young in, man in the spiritual realm. Someone who's grown mature in the Lord. Someone who says, all right, God, we got this. Let's go take this. Even those people will get to the place where they get tired, where they get faint. Here it says, the young men shall utterly fall. 
understanding here that within our human capabilities, we don't have enough strength in ourselves. That's why it's useless to preach such foolish message like pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. That's not the Bible way at all. We know that our strength is limited and the Bible is saying it's limited. It's not saying we're supposed to get our strength from God or from man. We get our strength from God. Notice with me verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to to wait. This idea that our strength comes from God and we learn to wait on him. To wait on him. What is waiting on him? Waiting on God is the ultimate form of worship. To be able to say, I'm going to continue knowing that God has got things handled. There's a phrase that goes uh, um, about the human world and even the ministry world called burnout. Burnout. The Bible doesn't use the word burnout, but it does use a phrase that it says, weary with well-doing. That's the psychology phrase. Uh, equivalent of, or that's a biblical equivalent of the psychology term of burnout. Burnout. I'm just so burnt out. The Bible says weary and well-doing. It's the same thing. What does this mean? It means you've been operating on your own strength for such a long time that you're out of strength. You have a limited amount of strength. You are not strong enough to continue on your own. God had to have this talk with Elijah and said the journey is too great for thee. You don't have enough strength. You can't do it yourself. By the way, you are never expected to. You have to be plugged into God. As long as you're plugged into God, there's no such thing as burnout or weary and well-doing. Because God's the one who strengthens us. God's the one who keeps us going. That's the secret, is that we must get our strength from God. How do I get my strength from God? By waiting on Him. Trusting in him, depending upon him, looking at him, expecting him to do his part, waiting on God. This is the ultimate form of worship. And when you are learning to wait on God, you have the strength to go. If you could forgive the personal illustration, but this is our anniversary Sunday where we uh, recognize that you guys put up with me so many years already and hopefully some more that you got to put up with me. But over the last couple years, there could be an easy time of saying, well, it doesn't work. It's not working the way that we expect it to. We don't have 200 people. We don't have, you know, whatever the thing is. And we can look at it humanistically and say, eh, <laughs> eh. Why keep doing? Why keep trying? Why keep pressing? Why keep doing new things? Why keep starting new ministries? Why keep whatever else? Why can't we just go status quo? Why can't we just get bottom shelf and just kind of coast? That's a great question. Why not? Because the idea is that God's got a plan. And we have to keep going. We can't quit. The greatest days are still ahead and you have to believe it. Why? Not because all of us are together. It's the idea that God's still good and he wants to get something accomplished. And we have to keep going. And that the results are up to him, not us. Our job is to be obedient. We get our strength from him to plug ourselves up to him. And as long as we're plugged up to him and by faith, our adversity is just for a moment. Just for a moment. You know, 
10 years from now, we'll look back and say, hey, do you guys remember when we were just tiny? But man, we had such a good time together. Now look at us. We're still having a good time, but there's more of us. And we'll look back and say that was just for a moment. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. God's got a plan. The greatest days are still ahead. Our job is to keep plugged into God. You can't even just plug yourself into pastor. Well, as long as pastor wants to go, we'll keep going. Because guess what? There are going to be times I'm going to mess up. And if you got your eyes on me, guess what? Well, pastor can't do it. Pastor going to fail. Pastor whatever else. Well, then I'm going to quit too. No, your eyes have got to be on the Lord. Because he's the one who will never fail. He'll never run out of gas. He'll never get tired. He'll never get tired of people. Again, forgive the personal illustrations. That's what happens when I don't have notes. I'm just going off the cuff. That's dangerous. Earlier this year, I went through something called compassion fatigue. What is compassion fatigue? It's where you get tired of caring for people. <laughs> I caught myself saying, I hate people. I hate people. I hate people. You're like, you're a preacher? Yeah, I'm fallible and I'm things up there. And if you looked at me during that period, you could say, well, if pastor's tired of people, then why should I even bother? You understand? You can't depend upon me. You got to depend on the Lord. You got to keep looking at him. You got to keep trusting in him. I'm thankful that God got me out of that. Same thing with Paul. <laughs> I had to keep looking at the Lord, realizing it was just for a moment. Plug myself back into him. Make sure I'm looking at God and not my circumstances, not in people, not whatever else. Does it make sense? I'm just trying to be transparent, trying to say that the greatest days are still ahead. And I hope that you believe it. It's not just a mantra that I'm saying, my new catchphrase. Honestly, believe it. Why? Because God's got great plans. And God's so desperate for people, he even use us. In fact, God wants to do something so amazing when people look at our church later on and say, what happened? We're like, I don't know. We're just obedient. Look at what God did. God's going to get lots of glory from it. The greatest days are still ahead and we have to keep looking at him, but we have to plug into ourselves to, into the Lord too, because it is God that renews our strength. God that keeps us going. God that keeps pressing forward. God's the one that keeps us going. It can't be us and it can't be our strength. And if it's just our strength, we will quit. Remember that if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. That is a true statement. Anytime that you feel like you're going to quit, that you want to quit, you desire to quit. First of all, your strength is small. What's the solution? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Our, when we get to that place, we need to realize that we're running on fumes. We don't have the strength to go on. And it's not pick yourself up by the bootstrap. It's not get yourself a stiff upper lip. It's not the idea that I'm going to force myself to go. No, it's go run to the Lord and say, God, the journey is too great for me. I can't do this. I need your help. Lord, please, you're the only way I'm going to go through here. And God will renew our strength. And when he renews our strength, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, isn't that what we want? How can we keep going? How can we keep going? As long as we're plugged into Christ, we can keep going. You say, when are we going to stop this soul winning thing? Not going to, as long as we're plugged into God. If I announce that we're no longer doing soul winning, you know that we're no longer waiting on the Lord. Something's wrong. 
We need to keep going, need to keep going, need to keep going. And we can't do it in our own strength. We'll all get burnt out. We have to be plugged into God. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Meaning that we have not learned to wait on God at that moment. We haven't plugged ourselves to God. That has to be the answer. So what's the end of this? We're talking about not quitting. We're talking about not fainting. Why? Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the last thing. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And we see a promise given to us in Galatians chapter 6. All of this is dealing with the idea of fainting or quitting. If thou faint or quit in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Paul says we don't faint. Why? Because God renews us day by day. That our adversity is just for a moment. The Bible says in Isaiah that when we feel like fainting, we need to plug ourselves back into the Lord. And though they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Galatians chapter 6 carries the end result. So what happens if we don't faint? What happens if we keep ourselves plugged into the Lord? What happens if we are truly plugged into God and don't quit? Keep moving forward. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And notice with me in verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Pause. A lot of people will aptly apply this verse just to bad things, all right? So if you, if you get involved with evil things, guess what? You're going to reap evil things. But you know it works both ways. That if we're reap, are sowing good things, we're going to reap good things. Notice in verse 8, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So we live in an agricultural community. We understand this. That if I plant a corner kernel of corn and put it in the ground, we know that a couple minutes later the stock's going to come up, right? No. We know that the idea of reaping and sowing is that you always reap later than what you sowed. So if I put this kernel of corn in the ground and I put it in there, I'm going to get a whale, right? No. So not only do I reap later than what I sowed, I also reap exactly what I sowed. I'm going to get a corn out of the ground, right? So if I put a kernel of corn in the ground and I plant it and I wait, when the plant comes up, I get another kernel of corn, just one, right? No. I also understand the principle of reaping and sowing is that I will reap more than what I sowed. This goes for the good stuff too. That as we are working and as we are laboring and as we are moving forward, we don't see the results instantly. But we will reap later than what we sowed. We will reap what we sowed and we will reap more than what we sowed. Which brings us to verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Remember that phrase I said before? This is the psychology term is burnout, weary and well-doing. Let us not be weary and well-doing for in due season we shall reap. Notice this, if we faint not, if you don't quit. Now think about a farmer. 
He plants, it's his first time planting, and he's heard about this planting game. So he goes ahead and he plants corn. And then in the summer, he's like, oh man, this thing, it's grown some, but it hasn't grown enough. Well, I guess it didn't work. I quit. Is that going to be effective? No, he has to wait till fall before he can gather the corn, right? He, he can't quit. He will reap. If you see the plant starting to come out, you, you could see there's, there's some evidence of growth, but it's not full growth yet. That's coming. You will reap if you faint not. This is the same principle we have here that we've been working hard. And I believe you can concur with me. We've been sowing spiritual good things, right? And it takes time. It's not instant. So we've been putting the good things in the ground. Since we've been here, we've been passed out, uh, what, 70,000 gospel tracts, 30,000 John and Romans. That's a lot of seed in the ground, right? Now, you could be disappointed. Well, we passed this out and it didn't work. It's still growing. We should faint, or we should reap if we faint not. We got to keep going. We've been putting good things in the ground. We've been working hard the last couple of years and we haven't quit. We keep moving forward. The Bible promises, this is a Bible promise that we shall, we shall reap if we faint not. Now's not the time to quit. Now's the time to keep going knowing that it is going to come and we are going to reap the same thing that we sowed. We're going to reap later than we sowed, but we're going to reap a lot more than what we sowed. It's going to be worth it. The thing is, is that we don't need to be weary in well-doing. Why are you doing this? Not for results, because if you're doing it for results, you're going to quit. Well, I haven't got my plant. I haven't seen everything else. It didn't work out. No, 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 no. It's got, you have time. You got, can't be weary in well-doing. When we get to the idea that we feel like quitting, we realize that our strength is small. We need to go back to the Lord and wait upon him and he shall renew our strength. That we could keep going. Well, I know it didn't work the way that we thought last year, but we're going to keep going. Why? Because this is what God's told us to do. That's part of waiting on God, doing what he told us to do. We see this in every aspect of life, especially the Christian life. Well, I've been reading my Bible for three whole days and I didn't see all the results. I guess I better quit. Now keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. We have people that will come in, um, I remember years ago, different place, I had a man come in and said, you know, I think my, my wife's going to divorce me. I think I'll start going to church. And after like a month, he said, well, God didn't save my marriage, so I guess it didn't work. Uh, it takes a little bit more than that. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You know, again, the true measure of a man is not what he accomplishes. The true measure of man is what does it take to stop him? What does it do to take you to stop? What is it when you start getting tired? What was it that said, all right, you know what? I don't know if I could do this anymore. The Bible gives us promises that we shall reap if we faint not. The greatest days are still ahead. We've done so much planting, so much work, so much labor. It can't be all for naught. And it's not going to be all for naught. The greatest days are still ahead. You don't want to miss it when it comes to fruit. You don't want to be somewhere else when God finally allows all the harvest to start coming in and go, wow, this is amazing. 
You understand? It's going to happen. The greatest days are. By the way, we've been seeing lots of growth now. I was telling another preacher, this has been my greatest year of pastoring, watching you guys grow, watching you move forward, watching you starting to disciple others, watching you move forward. It has been the greatest day of pastoring. Is it because we've been getting more, more people? No, it's the people that we've had been growing. That's been so fun to watch. Without a doubt, I believe the greatest days are still ahead because we've been working and harvesting. God has been preparing the laborers. He's been working hard. He's been changing you. And guess what? In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Now's not the time to quit. Now's the time to plug yourself back into the Lord and be a part of us that the greatest days are still ahead. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. That in the day, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Keep that in mind when you feel like, I want to quit. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I don't want to talk to God today. I know it's not right, but I don't want to go soul winning today. I know it's not right, but I don't even want to be nice to people today. When you see that, recognize your strength is small, which is not a bad thing to recognize. It's a good thing because you can't do it yourself. As long as you think you can do it yourself, you are going to crash and burn so big. It has to be God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I hope that's you. Plug yourself into the Lord. Stay with us. Again, this is the anniversary Sunday message. I'm letting you know as the idea that the greatest days are still ahead. This is our state of a union address. I'm letting you know the greatest days are still ahead. That we're going to reap. Don't faint on us now. Don't quit on us now. The greatest days are still ahead. You want to see it. You say, are they still going to happen if I quit? Yeah, if you quit, sure. God's st- we've invested too much. It's going to happen. You just want to be with us when it happens that you could rejoice and say, look at all this. I was part of that. I worked hard in that. I gave money for it. I labored in this. I passed out tracks. I, I invested. I, I spent some time. I didn't even know how it was going to work out. It's going to work out. The greatest days are still ahead. Don't quit. Don't quit. And when you get to those places, and you will, where you feel like your strength is small, recognize it. And then go to the Lord and say, God, I need your strength. Don't quit. It's just for a moment that whatever your adversity is, just for a moment. But have this promise, and it's a promise, that in due season, we will reap if we faint not. The greatest days of the Riverview Baptist Church are still ahead. And I'm glad that you get to be here with us as we go. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530 6308. Once again, that number is 920. 920- 
480-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.